Yeah, Father, we are thankful. Um, we come with thankful hearts tonight, just recognizing who you are and all you've done for us, God. I pray that through this message, this would just grow, um, grow us closer to you. Allow us to um, learn from your word. Would your spirit speak through me? Would we leave remembering and rejoicing? I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So our text is in First Chronicles 16.10. You can see it up there. It says, Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. And so to set up the context of this text, it's honestly one of my favorite parts of Scripture. The context of this passage is found in the story of David and Saul. So if you can remember the story, the people of Israel have rejected their God as king, okay? And so they come to Samuel, the prophet at the time, and say, give us a king who will rule over us. And so he selects, God tells him to select Saul as their king. And so Saul becomes the king to rule over Israel, and God says, if you, Saul, and Israel will obey my commandments, then all will go well for you. But if you do not obey my commandments, then my hand will be against you. And of course, as we all know, Saul disobeys God's command, and God decides to choose a different king, another king, a king who is after God's own heart, King David, who sought God's heart. And David, when he becomes king, he's being anointed as king, and one of the first thing he does as king of Israel, which always just gets me, I love this, he's being anointed as king, he decides to, let's gather all God's people, let's gather the leaders of Israel, and let's usher in God's presence. Because we have been without God's presence during Saul's rule, let's usher in God's presence through the Ark of the Covenant that is dwelling in the Ark of the Covenant. Let's bring it into Israel. Let's bring it into Jerusalem. Let's bring it into the city of David. So they decide to do this. As the Ark is coming into the, the city, the people are rejoicing Okay, and they're praising the Lord, and the Levites are carrying it on their shoulders. They're carrying the ark on their shoulders into the tent that David has made for them. And David, uh, at this time, is rejoicing, and there's cymbals that are clashing. There's trumpets that are trumpeting. There's harps that are strumming, and there's lyres that are lyring, whatever lyres do. I don't know what they do. Okay, so uh, all of them are rejoicing. All of Israel with King David is, is rejoicing, okay? Picture this. And they're all raising a joyful noise to the Lord. And even King David is dancing and rejoicing with all of his might. Just think about this. The king dancing before the Lord. Why? Because God's presence is being ushered into Israel. David then blesses the people and appoints ministers and musicians to sing songs of praises to the Lord, and he has this song of thanksgiving um, to give them. And that's where we find the context of our passage tonight. Glory 
In his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. So our passage says to glory in his holy name. And it is written in the context of the song of thanksgiving for God. So David sings to the people of Israel to give thanks to God by glorying in his holy name. And to glory in God's holy name simply means to remember who he is and what he has done and to praise him for it. For to glory or glorify God is to recall who he is, how he has revealed himself to us personally, how he's revealed us to himself, um, to us experientially and correctly through his word, and to give him praise for who he is and who he has revealed himself to be, to behold him and to delight in him. To behold him and be satisfied in him. This is ultimately what it means to glory in God by delighting and satisfying ourselves in him. And to glory in his name is not simply to worship the written name of God, Yahweh, but to recognize who it is that is called by this holy, set-apart name of Yahweh, the great I Am, and ascribe him the proper worship that he commands and deserves. To glory in his name is to glory in who he is. So when David writes for the people of Israel to glory in God's holy name, he is calling them to thank God by remembering who their God is and what he has done for them, and to praise him for who he is, And praise him for what he's done. To remember and praise. This is what it means to glory in God's holy name. Secondly, our passage says to let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. This is simply a reiteration of what he previously stated in different words. David often repeats himself in this way just to Uh, further emphasize and explain what he is saying. So in our passage, David first says to glory in his holy name. And then he says, let the hearts of those who seek him rejoice. This is two ways of saying the same thing, and that is look to God and rejoice. Give him praise. Behold him and love him. Remember him and praise him. Seek him and rejoice in him. Again, David is calling the people of Israel to give thanks to God by rejoicing in their hearts as they seek him. For David was a man after God's own heart. He sought the Lord. He talked with the Lord. He was led by him, unlike Saul. David sought to obey God's commandments and to live his pr- in God's presence continually. This is the reason he writes a song in the first place, because he is seeking the presence of the Lord by bringing the Ark of the Covenant, God's presence, into the city of David, and it causes his heart to overflow with rejoicing. And he calls Israel to do the same, for he knows that when they seek the presence of God, their hearts will rejoice 
And this will ultimately bring praise and glory and thanks, giving to God's holy name. And that's the goal, right? As uh, Cole talked about earlier, this is the purpose of our existence to glorify God and to ascribe to him the proper praise and thanksgiving that he deserves. Is this not why God chose Israel? To display his glory through them to all the nations. And is this not the reason he's chose you and I? David teaches in this song uh, to Israel and to us that God is glorified when his people remember who he is and what he has done and rejoice. So that is my simple application for tonight. That we would remember and rejoice. You know, I get texts from Ed every morning. And they always, some of you guys might, might get these texts, but they always come with a, a catchy phrase at the beginning. Some, maybe one word or a couple words. Um, anyway, if, if I was to give a catchy phrase for this, I would say remember and rejoice. Remember and rejoice. If I want you to walk away with anything tonight, it is that we should remember and rejoice. In doing so, bring God glory in thanksgiving. So first, remember, we should take time every day to pause and remember who God is. Yahweh, the great I am, the all-sufficient one, the creator of the universe, the one who out of nothing created everything, who by his word spoke you and I into existence and everything else. There is no thing that, no person greater that we can set our minds upon and our hearts towards than the Lord our God. Yet I know for me, oftentimes my sin and the busyness of this life keeps me from reflecting on the Lord and who he is. I can get so caught up in work and the things that I need to accomplish for the day that I often forget to even think about God. I'll go halfway through my day and, and be like, man, I, I, I haven't even approached the Lord today. Yet the days that I'm able to will myself awake in the mornings early before work and get in his word and just sit in his presence, those are the days that I'm typically better equipped to satisfy myself in him. I've learned in my life that this saying proves true, that as we behold, we delight. And in doing this, we glory in the name of our God. So we should make it every day our aim, as often as we can, to pause and remember our God, to meditate on his word, to seek him in prayer continuously, just as David was a man after God's own hearts who sought the presence of the Lord. So should we be a people after God's own hearts who seek God's presence. And as we seek him and remind ourselves of who he is, we should also make it a habit to reflect on all that he's done for us, the marvelous works he's done, the covenants he's made with his people, how he has revealed him to, himself to us, 
and chosen us uh, to be his people, if it was up to us, then we would still be living in darkness, unable to experience the joy of his presence. But he has shunned his light into our hearts through his son that we would be able to enjoy his presence forever. The presence of God that used to dwell in a tent now dwells in our hearts through Jesus Christ. And if this is true of you, then you should take time to remember and reflect on God's wondrous works in you. Secondly, we should rejoice. Remember and rejoice. Remember and rejoice. Rejoice. As we remember who God is and what he has done, we should rejoice. For as God's people, if we reflect on God's character in the marvelous works of the gospel, if, this, if, if we do this and this does not bring joy to our hearts, then I do not know what will. So just as David said, let the hearts of those who seek him rejoice. Glory in his holy name. If King David and all of Israel rejoiced in God's presence being ushered into the city in an, in an ark, how much more should we rejoice having God's presence ushered into our hearts? Rejoicing in who God is and all he has done for us should define us as God's people. For rejoicing is a natural overflow of a heart that is filled with God's presence. And I, I do want to pause here and just say, if you, if you don't experience this rejoicing for yourself, whenever you consider God in his glory, whenever you consider the works that he's done for us and consider his son, I, I call you to repent and believe in his son because it is only through our repentance and belief that our hearts would be changed and that he would give us the gift of the Spirit so that we could rejoice whenever we hear of his name that we could rejoice whenever we hear of his works. So I'll close with this. <clears throat> For those of you who have been called by his marvelous grace, let us remember and rejoice as we go to our homes tonight and spend time with our families, remembering who God has revealed himself to be through the preached word and rejoicing in his great love to us. Let us remember and rejoice as we go to school or as we go to work in the morning and we see the sunrise and remember that it is a, a merciful God who allows his son to rise on the good and evil. Let us remember and rejoice as we gather with one another in our homes. May our conversations be seasoned we, with the remembrance of the Lord and the rejoicing of his saints. And let us remember and rejoice as we gather together corporately. Would our teachings, would our prayers, would our songs be defined by a remembrance of the Lord and a rejoicing of his people that would bring glory to God and, and display his glory to the nations. Even now, let us remember and rejoice as we glory in his holy name through worship. Let me pray for us. Uh, 
Father, you are far beyond what we could ever imagine or think, God. Who you are and what you've done, God, we cannot fathom, and I've given a poor attempt tonight. But yet, God, would you allow us to see your glory and your goodness and all you've done for us and rejoice. God, tonight even, would we all turn our eyes towards you and rejoice. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.